We thank you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise you. Hallelujah. My, I feel God's spirit. I feel his spirit. I feel his spirit right now. And I serve an omnipresent God. And I know that if I feel him right here at 800 East Bethalto Boulevard, that wherever you're at, he's there too. He's everywhere at all times. Lord, we thank you. Praise you, O Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I need to move forward in this service. If you're watching, if you're listening by podcast, I want to encourage you today to grab you a notepad if you want to take take notes on your iPad or your tablet or your phone or on old-fashioned paper. However you're doing it, I want to encourage you to take a little bit of notes today. I've got something I want you to hear. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of the Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. As you're finding that, this past week, I went to the eye doctor. I didn't know if they were open or not. It's been since right before we moved here the last time I went to the eye doctor. And when I first got glasses, back when I was a teenager, I had astigmatism, which affects your focusing. And probably about a month ago, I noticed that especially when I go from looking at the camera down to my notes, I was having trouble seeing. And so I called and uh, where I'd gone to before, when we lived here previously, and they said, yes, we are open. It's essential. If you can't see, um, then come on in. We'll make you an appointment. So I made an appointment, went through all the routines and uh, a little thing that blows the air in your eye and all that junk and all the moving the little lenses this look better one or twos this look better one or two went through all of that got done with that and uh, he looked at me and he said well he said your eyes are in in great health he said um, you, you've got good health in your eyes he said uh, he said your problem is when we turn 40 things start happening and the things inside my eyeball the muscles start to get weakened and so long story short I thought my astigmatism had returned however he said no he said find you a pair of reading glasses and that'll help you I've come to that place folks come to that place. These are my mama. She left. These are actually a little too strong right now, but I've got to get some on my own. So for those of you out there, you needed a good laugh. There's a good laugh for you. I've got to wear these to be able to see. I've got, I need to read these scriptures today. So the book of 2 Thessalonians, I hope these match my suit this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Follow me. I'm reading with from the NIV this morning. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. 
He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worship, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. I'm going to preach to you this morning on the subject of the Antichrist. Father, thank you so much for the worship, the praise that has gone forth. I ask right now for your anointing. I ask that you'd anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought and speech that I so desperately need. I pray now for every person, every person watching by YouTube, every person watching by Facebook, every person listening by podcast, Lord. I may not see them, and Lord, I may not ever hear from them, but you know them, you see them right now. And I pray that you'd open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits, and do a great and a mighty work in their lives. And I give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, this morning I come to you And I come to you with quite a weighty subject. In the middle of all this that is going on, I would much rather preach 50 other subjects, subjects that are much lighter, subjects that are much easier. But I feel in my spirit over the last week that God has been leading me in this direction and really over a week. I can't get away from it. And this morning, this is, I'm not, as, as if you were with me uh, on Wednesday nights as we did our Revelation study, uh, I said, I am not Perry Stone, I'm not John Hagee, I'm not any of those guys that are very, very intelligent and so good at teaching this. I'll tell you that up front. I also will tell you that this is certainly by no means an exhaustive study of the Antichrist. This is, if I can put it this way, this is my Sunday morning 30-minute version of the Antichrist. And so this is to give you just a little bit of something. And I will tell you that you can go back and listen to the podcast I have uploaded uh, most every study, I think there was four at the beginning that I didn't record, uh, but they're available on podcast. I did. They're not the quality that you'll hear here in the sanctuary. I recorded them with my phone sitting on the podium next to me, uh, but they're definitely understandable. And if you've got an interest in the book of Revelation and you've got some time on your hands right now, maybe, uh, then I encourage you to go to the podcast and you can listen uh, to that Revelation study. One of the most sinister and mysterious figures in the entire world is probably the Antichrist. And he's not just symbolic, but will be an actual human being that will rise to ultimate power here on planet Earth. We know, we believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again. But just like we know that Jesus is coming, we know that another is going to appear as well, and that man is called the Antichrist. He's also known in Scripture as the beast. And there is a significant amount told of this man that is also known as the man of lawlessness. You see, Scripture says quite a bit 
about this man, this antichrist, this man of lawlessness, this beast. And for this message's purpose today, we can't dig into everything as I've told you before, but I want to give you a general overview of this wicked ruler in three points. The prelude, the person in power, and the punishment. I channeled my inner Raymond Culpepper to get you these three nice P's in here. The prelude, the person in power, and the punishment. We begin with the prelude. You see, the most important thing that I believe that had to happen to set up for the Antichrist was for Israel to become a nation. You know, I've told you before times that you've heard me preach, if you have, about end-time events, the rapture and things. And I said, you know, there, there are people that have been preaching for thousands of years that Jesus is coming, and it was true he could come at any moment. Uh, but, but really, when we study the Scriptures, there are things, significant things that have happened in the last 100 years that have begun to, to solidify and begin to set up, to put, set the scene like has never happened before. And the most major thing in all of it was the fact that Israel had to become a nation because we find in the book of Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27, it says this, he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. This is in Daniel's vision of weeks. And it was a seven weeks, or, or excuse me, the, not the seven week. This is a seven. It's a week, but these are years. It is a span of seven years. He makes a covenant with many for seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So here we find in this that in order for the Antichrist to come and, and fulfill Scripture, he would have to make a covenant with Israel. He would make a seven-year peace treaty that he would break three and a half years in. But that was not possible until 1948 when Israel once again became a nation. Many scholars believe, and just in my study, I'm not a scholar by any means, but in my study, I believe that he will walk into the temple. He will stop the sacrifice and declare himself God, which means there also has to be a new temple built, and the sacrificial system will have to be started again. Let me tell you, as some of you, if you're a churchgoer and you're into this kind of thing and you listen to preachers of prophecy, you know that plan, the plans are, well, the plans are in your Bible as well, but the plans have been there, but not just the plans but also plans to gain materials, plan to, to begin this. I've mentioned before in some of my sermons that, that the red heifer that is required, uh, that, that's been in place for quite a few years now. They begin to breed that red heifer that is necessary for sacrifice. All of these things have been begin to come into place. And, and so we know that Israel has to be a nation. And, and along with Israel being a nation, then the temple has to be rebuilt. We know very well in this day of modern construction that a temple, though it was ginormous in size, it seemed to them, to us and many of our projects today, it would be no great feat for a construction company to take the plans if the materials and the plans are already in place and construct a temple. It would be no 
big thing. It could happen and happen very quickly. You see, in order for him to come, there has to be Israel. There has to be a temple. You see, I believe why that I believe that is why the Holocaust was a demonic-driven murder campaign by Satan to try to delay the end of time. You see, he knows his eternal punishment. I believe, and uh, some people, yes, Hitler, I'm not, ex- I'm not trying to re- resolve or trying to get him out of his guilt. He was definitely guilt. But can I tell you, it was not Adolf Hitler that was ultimately behind the Holocaust. It was Satan himself that wanted to destroy the seed of Abraham, that wanted to try to get rid of the seed of Abraham so that Israel could not become a nation and so God could be proved a liar. But I've got good news for somebody here today. I know that what God has decreed will come to pass. Satan, through a man named Hitler, tried to exterminate the seed of Abraham, but he could not do it. He was not successful. And then in 1948, Israel once again defied what the world has ever seen in history after not being a nation for a thousand or so years, once again becomes its own nation. And now is there in the scene. They're on the news all the time and is now there and lives in chaos and is ready and available for the Antichrist to step into the scene and declare peace in a war-torn area. Another important consideration that leads up to the coming of the Antichrist is the fact that the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. Look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3. It says this, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. This scripture was written almost 2,000 years ago. And the scripture here says that even at that point in time, that the spirit of the Antichrist is now already in the world. You see, if the spirit of the Antichrist was in the world then, the spirit of the Antichrist is certainly still in the world right now. And so Scripture also reveals to us that there have been other Antichrist already. Some of you are like, oh dear God, what's he talking about? Look at 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18. It says this, dear children, this is the last hour and as you have heard that the Antichrist has come, even now many antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. Now listen to the preacher this morning and understand this. This is not so deep that nobody, listen, if I can understand it, you can understand it. Here's the deal. Just as there were types of Jesus Christ leading up to his arrival, God Almighty in his providence throughout the Old Testament had a few people, David and Moses, a few guys that were types of Christ. They were not Christ, but they were types of Christ that were setting up the world and preparing the world for when the fullness of time would come and the virgin would conceive and give birth to the son and name him Jesus. And just like God did that, then the Satan is trying his best to duplicate God and have his own types of 
antichrist. So Satan throughout history have had. Now, I'll go back to a very wicked man, Adolf Hitler, one that probably I'm not. Listen, you don't have to. If you want to argue with me, that's fine. I'm not banking my life or my theology on this, but Hitler was probably a type of antichrist. There have been these antichrists that have lived, and Satan has tried to duplicate what God did. But there is coming one day, not just these types of antichrist, but the true one antichrist, the beast, the man of lawlessness that the Scripture tells us about. And when he comes, he will control commerce and force everyone that wants to buy or sell to take his mark, the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18 says this, It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Stay with me. I hate to burst somebody's theology, but the mark of the beast is not an energy drink. Some time ago, and I can't remember a year or two ago, there was all these people and they were posting these videos about, oh, if you take this number and that number and do all that, and the monster energy drink, it's, it's the mark of the beast. Absolutely not. The mark of the beast is not an energy drink. Nobody to buy or sell, you're not going to have to walk into a store and show, hey, I got a monster energy drink to be able to buy and sell. Absolutely not. You're not going to have monster energy drink can implanted into your hand or into your head. No, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be rude, but I've got to tell you what the truth is. The mark of the beast is not an energy drink. It is some type of mark or possibly a microchip that will be placed in a right hand or a forehead, and that will be required to buy or sell on this planet. Now, I included this in the prelude part of this message because many of us wonder, how in the world could such a system ever come to pass on this planet? Right now, many governors have said that we are required to wear masks in the retail stores to shop. Some of you are wanting to turn me off, and some of you are like, oh, he's an idiot. Listen, just stay with me for just a minute. A mask is not the mark of the beast. However, listen to it. Listen, this can't last for long. Some of you, I made a post about this or concerning this not too long ago. This can't last long because of crime and identification purposes. I can remember that I went into a, uh, this has been several years back, and I went into a region's bank, one that I've been into several times in Sims, Alabama. I didn't have sunglasses on. I wasn't trying, I didn't have a trench coat on in the summertime. I had a hat on because I had hair at that time, and it didn't look very good. And I walked Walked in, and this woman that had seen me there before became insistent, you're going to have to take that hat off if you're going to come into this bank. Why? Because they're worried about people coming in and robbing the 
bank and not being able to identify how long is this going to last, folks, that we wear masks into banks or we wear masks into stores and crime things we get because it doesn't matter if you got a security camera or not. They walk in with a mask and they hold the place up. How long? That cannot last very long. Stay with me right now. I'm not saying the mask is the mark of the beast, but how many people right now are accepting the fact? How many are arguing about it? And I'm not here to argue about whether we should or we shouldn't wear masks. That's not my point. But listen, listen to me. There is now talks of vaccines and chips that would certify that you have been vaccinated so that you could legally go out and trade in public markets. Now stop for just a second and let's just really think for a moment. Almost unthinkable, even at the beginning of this year, it would seem that something like this would take place. How many of it, January 1, 2020, would have ever imagined that you'd have been required to wear some sort of mask or you wouldn't be let into Snooks or you wouldn't be let into Walmart? Every one of us would have said, that's ridiculous. That will never happen. But here we are, May, on now, suddenly, many, many, many would argue, and I'm not, please don't get sidetracked here. I'm not arguing about whether you should wear masks or not, but how many would defend that, and it was unheard of not too long ago. What I'm telling you is this. It seems now more than ever. This world is ripe. This world is ready. If the day came where they come out with a vaccine for COVID-19, I'm not saying this is it. It could be another disease that comes along later on, but look at this world. We're more ripe now than we're ever been for them to say you must have this vaccine and you must have proof that you have this vaccine to come out in public to shop to be able to trade we're there folks we've never this planet's never been there before but right now we are there and the scene is being set for the arrival of the antichrist and the mark of the beast so what is keeping him i'm still in the prelude but I'm watching my time. So what's keeping him from appearing? I'm glad you asked. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. Look at this. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. Who is this that is holding back the secret? power of lawlessness and ultimately this lawless one, this antichrist, this beast from coming and stepping on the scene. Why I believe that it is the Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost when Jesus said it's expedient that I go. And listen, I could preach to you a message of Pentecost right now. I could preach to you the importance of the anointing. I can preach to you the importance of the baptism in the Holy Ghost, but that's not what I'm here for today because the Holy Ghost is also doing something else besides just anointing us, besides just enduing us with power from on high, besides just making us witnesses. I believe that it is none other than the Holy Ghost of God that is keeping the Antichrist and his spirit at bay for the moment. But I believe there's an event that is coming. 
And that event is the rapture of the church that will remove both the church and there's some that might, listen, I don't care, argue with me or not. I know that there's some that would say they don't believe that the Spirit will be taken out of this world. I personally believe that He will go. When the trumpet sounds and the bride of Christ is taken, I believe that that paraclete, the one that walks along beside of us, I believe that He's going to be taken. Some believe He'll stay on the world, but He'll just step back out of the way. Believe however you want to believe. But I truly believe that it's going to be the rapture of the church that is Jesus is going to call the church away and he's also going to take the spirit of God out of this world. He is keeping the Antichrist back. Why is he doing it? I believe that he's doing it for more people to accept the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. I need somebody to listen to me right now. You're saying you're just, you're all, you look like you're mad. You look like you're crazy. You look like you're, no, I'm just passionate about this. I need somebody to know that right now the Spirit of the Lord is still on this planet and He's still holding back the Spirit of the Antichrist. Why is that? Because He wants you to accept the gift that Jesus Christ came and paid for on Calvary. He wants to wash away your sins. He wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life if you just accept what He's done for you. But when this event happens, the rapture of the church happens, and what I believe, he'll remove the Spirit from this world. When, that's, when the Spirit of God is taken out of this world, the floodgates of evil will be open on this world. The great tribulation, seven years and I don't use this lightly. So listen, seven years of hell being unleashed on earth. You say, oh, preacher, are you cutting? Now, I'm not one of those cussing preachers. But you read this book and you see it is hell itself opens up. And, and hell is literally poured out on this planet in those seven years of tribulation when the Spirit of God, when the one that is holding the Spirit of the Antichrist back is taken out, it will be unleashed on this world. I got 10 minutes, 37 seconds left. That's good. That was my longest point, so don't, don't panic. Secondly, I want to look at the person and the power. He will, not be a, he will be a person, not a computer, not a network, or a system. I'll date myself and maybe my love for sci-fi. The beast is not going to be Skynet from the Terminator movies. Artificial intelligence is not going to be the one that turns on us and, and turns this world upside down. The Antichrist is not going to be Skynet. He's not going to be some sort of artificial intelligence. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and a man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. The beast will not be a computer. The Antichrist will not be a computer. The Antichrist will be a flesh and blood human being. Many scholars believe that he will come from the old world. Revelations 13.1 says he'll come from the Mediterranean Sea. And Daniel 8.21 through 23 says from where says from where stood the Grecian kingdom. In other words, he's coming from the old world. He's not coming from America. That's where he's coming from. He will have the power to work miracles 
and deceive the world. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10 says this, The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. Listen, the Antichrist is going to be a cunning manipulator and have miraculous power supplied by Satan himself to aid him. In fact, I don't have time to get into everything, but three and a half years into the tribulation, when he breaks the peace treaty, Scripture pretty much tells us that Satan himself will possess this Antichrist and he'll operate in the power of Satan. Daniel eleven thirty two says, With flattery he will corrupt those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will firmly resist him. I need to tell you that God can and God will reveal the Antichrist's true identity and intent to his people. Finally, the punishment. After the Antichrist rules the earth, I told you this was the Sunday morning version of it. This is not an in-depth. After the Antichrist rules the earth for the seven years of the Great Tribulation, Christ will then return to the earth with his saints and remove him from power, then send him to his eternal punishment. You see, Jesus Christ, he's coming back. He's coming back in the rapture. He's coming back. Scripture tells us that he'll come. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to what? To meet the Lord in the air. In the rapture of the church, Jesus, the Father looks over and says, Son, it's time to go get him. He comes, but he only comes halfway. He meets us. He calls us up. He raptures us. We meet him halfway. What I believe and what I'm praying for, I know there's debate there. What I believe is a pre-tribulation rapture, that, that, that it is, in fact, the event that then sets off, takes the Spirit of God out, sets the Spirit of the Antichrist loose, and during those seven years, it's the judgment seat of Christ and, and the wedding supper of the Lamb. I know I'm, I'm not trying to get too deep here, but I'm going to give you this in just highlights right here. And after the conclusion of those seven years, Jesus then returns to the earth, but this time, after the seven years of tribulation, it's not just a halfway, it's not just a meeting in the air. Scripture says that he'll return to the place where he left, to the Mount of Olives, that his feet will once again touch the Mount of Olives, it'll split in two. Jesus Christ will then come back and overthrow the Antichrist. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. You see, I'm not scared. I know some of this seems scary, but I'm not scared of the Antichrist. Why? Because I know that my Jesus, my King Jesus, he's not, not going to have to get off his horse. He's not even going to have to pull a sword out of the sheath. It says by the breath of his mouth he is going to speak and the Antichrist and his armies are going to be defeated. Please don't take this message as me trying to scare you or 
frighten you. No, instead, I want to encourage you and let you know if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and your King, you don't have to fear the coming wrath of the Antichrist because you serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords that is more powerful than this lawless one that is coming. Revelation 19, 19 says this, Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet. I didn't have time to even get into the false prophet this morning, who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. You see, Christ will capture and punish the Antichrist after he fulfills all that Scripture says that he'll do. Let me just tell you that there's, there's people, there's people in the world today and, and I'm convinced there are people behind the scenes and everything that's going on. I'm not taking any kind of political side. I'm just telling you that wake up and realize that there are people on, on both sides of the aisle and everything out of this country and everywhere. There are people that, that, that are pulling the strings and think they're controlling everything. And in a sense, they are. But here's what they don't understand either. Is that everybody that thinks they're in charge right now, they're not really in charge because there's one in heaven that, that's already made known. He's already put the script out of what exactly is going to happen. And you see the Antichrist, though he thinks he's in charge, though he thinks he has power, though he thinks he's ruling, he's only doing what God said he would do and God limits him to what God allows him to do and when the day comes just like this book says Christ will capture and punish him after he's done what God has to listen that's the great thing about God you see our enemies so many times they think that they've won the enemy so many times thinks he's bested you but I've got good news for you and bad news for him that my God is only allowing the enemy to do what he's letting him do and he'll take what the enemy meant for evil and he'll turn it around for the good I'm talking to somebody right now and letting you know that you think the devil's in control of your life. You think the enemy's in control of your life, but he's not. God's in control of your life, and God Almighty will have the final say in your life and on this planet. Brandon comes to the keyboard. I realize that this is heavy. Preaching and teaching. I would a lot rather have come up here and preached about praise, preached about provision, preached about something good that might even make you shout in your recliner. But this is so necessary to open our eyes to what is happening in the world around us. Now listen to me. I am not naming the Antichrist. 
or making any prediction of when he will take power. I will tell you this. I do feel that it is highly probable that the Antichrist is already alive on this planet now and that much of what we are seeing happen around us is setting the stage for him to step on the scene. I don't think that this pandemic, I don't think that anything that's happening is just simply a coincidence. COVID-19 may not be what brings about the mark of the beast. I'm not saying it will. What I will say is this. It certainly lets us see that this planet is way more ready for a one-world government than it's ever been. You look at what's happening. You look at what's going on. And this planet is more primed for a one-world government than it has ever been before. Don't misunderstand me this morning. My citizenship in heaven is far more important than my citizenship as an American. However, I don't think in the over 200-year history of this nation that there has ever been a time where nationalism has been so low. When America stood proud and tall, it would seem that a one-world government would be impossible. But in this day and time, it's looking more possible than it ever has before. I've said this, and I stand by it. I truly believe the reason that God has blessed the United States of America the way he has is because of two major things. Number one, because we've been a friend to Israel. We were in study your history. We were very instrumental in allowing Israel to become a nation again, standing behind them, pushing that in that direction. Like him, hate him. I'm not making a stump speech for Donald Trump. But you better believe it was of no small significance when he recognized Jerusalem where the United States Embassy would be located and not no longer Tel Aviv. There's significance in these things that are happening. This world, this world is, is so ready. Now, before I go on, I've got to say this. We are where we are in this world, more specifically in this nation, for a reason. This nation, we see such division. We see the craziness. We see the lack of nationalism. Listen to this preacher. I'll stand flat-footed behind this pulpit and look at that camera, and I will say that God 
will not just simply forget the fact that this nation has allowed the killing of thousands upon thousands of unborn babies. God will not forget and simply look over that this nation now recognizes same-sex marriages. I once thought, how in the world will the Antichrist be able to come and take a, how in the world will there be a one-world government? Why do I not read in any of Daniel and Revelation and Isaiah and any of these prophetic scriptures, why do I not see the United States? The United States of America is no better. Listen, I'm I'm not here trying to predict something's going to happen in the near future with our nation, but I'm also, I cannot stand here and say that God's just all right with us allowing sin, allowing homosexuality, allowing not just that. Hey, let me, let me be fair. What have we allowed in the way of pornography? What have we allowed when even marriages, heterosexual marriages, when over 50% of them end in divorce and we just get tired of this one, then we go marry another one. God's not forgotten about all that. And I cannot, as a Bible believer, as a preacher of the gospel, simply act like, oh, God's just going to forget about it. Oh, grace, grace, grace. He's gracious. (laughs) Oh, God's grace will go. But there comes a time where we've extended His grace for too long. And the God that is also gracious is also a just God. This message isn't just to scare you like a horror movie. People watch horror movies because they just simply want the scare. They want the endorphins that it creates in in their brains. They want the thrill. They go to a haunted house. We ride roller coasters. We do all that wine so we can trigger these endorphins in our head and get some sort of feeling. Listen, I'm not just, this is not just to scare you like a horror movie. This message is to encourage you to ask the Lord to not let you be blinded and deceived, but to see spiritually what is happening on planet Earth right here and right now. I preached right out there in that parking lot in a way I never imagined I would. I've preached in parking lots before. I've preached on trailers, I've preached in parks, I've preached in other countries, I've preached in full sanctuaries, I've preached in empty sanctuaries. That was the first time I've preached from a man lift before. But I preached Wednesday night about listening to God. And I continue on that theme. Please listen to the Lord. Please get in this book. Please be in prayer and listen to what the Lord is saying. Now, I can't leave you without hope because the story ends with hope. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. In all of this, I hope in the end you realize I'm not just trying to be a know-it-all. I'm not trying to pull something out of a hat and trying to tell somebody something. They know. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to let a world that is spinning out of control, a world that has a spirit of Antichrist that is pushing as hard as it can to take control, to realize that there is still hope in Jesus Christ. There's an Antichrist coming, yes, but the Spirit of the Lord is holding him back. Why? Because he wants you to know Jesus before he leaves. Scripture tells us that it's not his will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Oh, Jesus. Right now, I pray for every person watching, every person listening. God, I'm nobody. And I realize that the things that I've spoken today are heavy or weighty I realize that many of them can be twisted and manipulated and argued with but Lord I've tried my very best to not preach the opinion of Dennis Laughlin but to preach the word of God and I believe that that word will not return void but it will accomplish that which has been set forth to do and I pray right now for everyone that has heard it I pray God that Lord they won't turn this off and say boy that Dennis Laughlin is a great preacher nope but I pray that when they walk away from this moment something a seed will have taken root that the word of the living God will begin to stir and work for his quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray, Lord, that your word would do the work right now. Some are struggling right now. Some are dealing with some internal things. They don't understand it. Some folks don't like a bit some of the things that I've said, but yet there's a stirring on the inside of them that they just can't deny. I pray right now 
Holy Spirit, you're still in this world right now. And I pray that you'd begin to soften, that you begin to work, that the Spirit of God will begin to draw men and women to the Father right now. In the name of Jesus. Listen to me. If you're watching, let me say, Preacher, I want this hope. I see. I don't know a lot, but I see things are crazy, and I need hope in my life right now. Can I just tell you that there's hope in Jesus Christ, and that hope, that hope was paid for over 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross by Jesus Christ. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for everyone that would accept him. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to give you an invitation right now, an invitation to eternal life. I didn't pay for it. I can't. I can't make anything happen for you, but I can introduce you to the one that can. His name is Jesus. He's waiting on you. And that's his spirit right now that you feel dealing with you, that's pushing you in that direction. And so if that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus. I want what he's done for me right now. I want peace in my life. I want hope in my life. When all this world, when what you were talking about, when hell is unleashed on this earth, I don't want to be a part of that. I want hope. You can have it right now. Would you pray with me right where you're at? Just pray this simple prayer after me. Just repeat it after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now, and I am in need of your hope. I am in need of salvation. I admit that I'm in need of a Savior. I believe, Jesus, that you came and died. I believe that you rose again on the third day. I may not understand it all, but through faith, I believe it. I confess that I have sinned. And I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I ask you to wash my sins away. Fill me with your spirit. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, Jesus has accepted you. He's washed your sins away. He's forgiven you, and you are on your way to heaven. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're a prodigal and you prayed it again and wanted to get back right with the Lord, please contact us. Contact our church office. Contact us on Facebook. Contact us some way, somehow, and let us know. Get on our website. Email us some way, somehow. Reach out. We want to reach out to you and let you know that there's life after this. This prayer is not the end. This prayer was only the beginning of a life with Him. Now, for the rest watching, I'm about done. I'm past my time. I need to get done and let them sing this song. But I want to pray for the rest of us, those that have already known the Lord. And we prayed a very similar prayer out there in that parking lot Thursday night. But I want to pray it again, that the Lord would open our spiritual eyes, that we would not be deceived by the spirit of the Antichrist, 
but we would see what God is doing in this world and we listen to his voice. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody watching this. I pray that we would not be deceived by the enemy, that we would not be deceived by the spirit of the Antichrist. Scripture is chalk full of he's a deceiver. He deceives the enemy as a liar. He lies and deceives. He's deceived since day one when he deceived Eve. That's what he does. But, Lord, I pray through the help of the Holy Spirit that we would not be deceived. I pray for each person watching right now. Help them. Help them to walk in the Spirit. Help them to get into the Word. Help them to continue to pray and pray like they have never prayed before. That we, as the bride of Christ, would be ready for your return. And not just that, but, Lord God, we begin the reason the Spirit is still holding back it's not so we can just, we can't even, we can't even do church like we normally do anymore. Lord, you're not, that's not what you're into. Lord, you're holding this all back so that as many as possible can accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Help us and anoint us as a church. I pray some folks that when they go to work and whatever they do this week, they'd be more bold in witnessing than they've ever been before. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. This song is our prayer. It's our prayer to you that the Lord bless you, keep you, that his face would shine upon you. Would you worship with our praise team and receive the blessing from the Lord today? As we end our service, the Meese girls are going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer.
I bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. I pray God's blessings and favor on you. And I can't wait to see you Wednesday night, 630 at our next drive-in service. God bless you.